There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. So we're, we're starting now. It's, it's happening. Um, oh, also, I should say that I, I'm not, um, I don't edit these. So, you know, it's all in. This is the start of the podcast. Yeah, Hello, thanks, everyone. Thanks for that now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, Dave Hearn. Um, we're 20 seconds in and it's already been a poor start. So with me, I'm very thrilled to say I have three guests, uh, which I've not done remotely before. So this could be chaos. Uh, so we're doing a sort of Peter Pan Goes Wrong special um, with the wonderful Ollie Senton. Hello, Ollie. Hello. And Tom Babbage. Hello, Tom. Hello. And Katie Daghorn. Hello, Katie. Hello, Dave. Hello. There was so much tension, Tom, in your hello. Like, you didn't want to get it wrong. That's pretty consistent with my personality. <laughs> just a man in a permanent state of tension. Constant tension. Ah, oh, okay. Up well, you're going to enjoy this uh, this this first uh, section. So, I, I don't know if you guys have listened to any of the, the podcasts before, um, but they're sort of split into three sections where we do a kind of getting to know you section, questions from the web, where we get some questions off Twitter and stuff, and then we do like a quick fire fun thing. Um, so, because I don't, I, I started during the lockdown. I didn't have any jingles, so I'm asking people to improvise a jingle. So, who would like to improvise a little jingle for the getting to know you section? I need sure. to let you know that Tom Babbage is a master of improvised jingles. Oh, and in okay. fact, okay. he speaks more in jingle form than he does in normal language. So, I'm very unfairly going to volunteer Tom Babbage for that. Okay. What have you done? That... I think this is good. He's really, really set the standard high. Oh. And, and, if, that and was really... my, if that was my class, Katie, that would mean you have to do it. Oh, yes, no! I agree. I agree. Let's pass that back. Okay, Please? so... It's called, um... it's called improtelling. Well, I'll tell you what, everyone's, everyone's going to do one. Um, so who wants to go first is the question. Is it Katie? I think, I think it is Katie, because you came in so hot and nominated Tom, so it's got to be you, mate. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Go. So, a little getting to know you jingle. Oh, my God, the adrenaline. Okay. I feel like I'm about to go on stage or be sick. Okay, go. Yeah, what's the rules? What's the brief? <laughs> just a, a jingle. A jingle for a getting to know called... each other. Yeah, it's, yeah? Just, it's just, the section is just called getting to know you. That's okay, it. perfect. Okay. Here we are, we're having some fun, we're getting to know our friends. Bring. Very good. Very nice. That was the, the kind of slide into bring was excellent. I enjoyed that a lot. Okay, um, we are off to... I'm enjoying this so much already. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a car crash, but it's great. Okay, so here we go. All right. 
So why don't we all start? Let's go. Uh, let's go through Ollie, Tom, and then Katie. Tell us um, what parts you played in Peter Pan Goes Wrong. I played Robert Grove twice. Twice. Did you do the tour on the West End? Uh, yeah, I did the second West End tour after you guys did it, and then I did the tour, which ended in February. Ah, yes, of course. And Tom, who did you play? Uh, so I played uh, Max, and then I also understudied um, Chris and Jonathan in the in the in the tour as well. Oh, excellent! And Casey, who did you play? I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about other jingles. <laughs> I was making up new versions of jingles in my head. Um, I played uh, Sandra, Wendy, Wendy Sandra, Sandra, who plays Wendy, darling, in Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Very good, very good. And um, how did you? So, uh, how did you find being in Pan? I guess is the kind of first question. Was it? Is it quite a chaotic show, or is it? Uh, sort of uh, controlled chaos. We've lost Tom. Tom's gone. Tom's out of the interview. <gasps> that was it. <laughs> you cut too deep the, to the, the raw pressure. honesty. Terrified him away. He spooks easy. He spooks <laughs> easy, Dave. You should know this about that. <laughs> the pressure of having to sing a jingle uh, <laughs> is too much for him. Um, it's gone. But yeah, tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, you go uh, ahead. I'll back. see if he'll I can get him back in. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. Um, I, I was delighted the first time I did it because I did it in the West End. So there was that first tour while you guys were still doing play in the West End. And then you did it in the West End. And then there was a second run, still with Adam uh, Megiddo directing. And um, it was a joy because I'd really wanted to do one of the shows. I came and auditioned for the very first recast of Play That Goes Wrong and got down to the the last, like the full day recall, whatever that was, third or fourth or fifth, whatever it was, and was you know upset I didn't get to do that. So it was wonderful to get in the room and with Adam directing, who I already know very well because we both are founder members of Showstopper, and it was a great bunch of people, you know, Bryony and Lawrence and Harry, and you know, just it was a, it was a joy, it was a real joy. And is that a, a, a sentiment you agree with, Katie, with your run? I'm a bit sad there because I thought Ollie was going to go on to say what a lovely bunch of people me and Tom Babbage you were. were too. Um, I didn't get that far. <laughs> and then he just talked about his original cast, and now I feel very, very jaded. The question was um, how it started, Kate. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. No, un- understood. Loud and clear. Message received, Oliver. Um, <laughs> no, it was Pan. Was I mean, yeah, Pan was an absolute treat it was it was chaos for sure um but very very tightly controlled chaos particularly with obviously the magnitude of the set and the revolving ship and um yeah the 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 general frenzy and madness but no I mean it was such a treat I it pan was actually always my my number one of the I don't know if we're meant to rank them, but pan was always my favorite of all the mischief shows. So um, yeah, I was yeah, it's just an absolute dream to get to to get to do it. And it's, obviously, it's got the musical theater element in it as well, which is an added layer of hilarity. So yeah, yeah, I loved it. Oh, Tom Babbage is yeah, back. I believe he is. Tom, are you are you with us? Can you hear us? I uh, yeah. The first word I heard on coming back was chaos. From there you go. Katie Jaguar, <laughs> so I think that's on. Yeah, I think so. Sorry about that. Oh, I had a no, stressful minute there. What you just you just went away? Did you, was it like a personal stressful minute or a, or a technological one? Uh, both a combination. Uh, technological sure. first, and then personal just rose straight <laughs> up as I was stressing. <laughs> and but now we're back, and I'm just. I, normal, I thought you'd been smooth. I think it might have, what might have happened is because we we might have I don't know how it works on this if it's going to save your audio from like the first few minutes so we might have just lost you completely in the first few minutes and then oh, well. we're going to be like talking to you and there's going to be no response but we'll find out why not you know? I love that the idea so there'll be there'll be an interview in which you'll be talking about Tom and, and all the listeners will be going who's who's Tom, Tom. <laughs> and then like six minutes in sometime, and you're like hello I'm back who's that mysterious up till then man? he's just a group figment of our imagination. <laughs> yeah, this, just, is, uh, this is how COVID is helping us embrace chaos theory, basically. We get close to the true nature of the universe. 
Um, Tom, the question was, um, how, how did you find Pan? How, how was it for you as a show, like being in it and performing in it? Uh, I mean, it was, it's great fun. It's such a, a pleasure. I mean, especially for me, I think I was very spoilt with it, you know, to play a character in it that already is having the best time of his life. And so to go into that playing someone is just so overjoyed to everything. It's just an absolute treat. Um, so uh, I had an absolute whale of a time. Um, obviously, there were some some scary, scary moments. Um, uh, when, <laughs> I mean, you uh, played every yeah. single part, didn't you? Is there a part you I didn't play? <laughs> well, I, uh, Sandra was the one I was gunning for the entire time. I know. So, Sorry, pal. Yeah, one day maybe, but but yeah, no, I I yeah, I had a great time. I really did. The sadist yeah, in me loved. Did, I think we should go on the record. So you you did play more more tracks during that tour than anyone else. I'm pretty sure. Even Fred Gray. <laughs> Fred only went on for one track. He did many other things. Let me oh, say. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, he only covered one track. You're right. Yeah, the, you're right. The award goes to Babs. It's true. I think so. So, did you? How many parts did you cover, Tom? Um, I did. I did. So the Max track was the original, um, the the main mm. one that I had, and then I did um, the Chris and Jonathan cover tracks, um, which, you know, I when I they asked, you know, would you like to take this on? I thought, well, yeah, well what are the chances? <laughs> and that <laughs> was a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. Because the chances were were actually very high, um, <laughs> very high indeed. Very high indeed. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. As I said, like there's something the sadist in me absolutely loved the the kind of not knowing what was going to happen <laughs> day to day. Um, yeah, I did feel very spoiled getting to play all the, the other parts as well. Um, it's the mystery of way, you know. We keep you on the edge. I think in every show we've ever done, apart from bank robbery. Uh, in every cast change as well, we've had um, an understudy has been on in the first 10 shows um, and everyone thinks they're not going to go on, but <laughs> it's, it's almost a hundred percent record. Uh, an understudy in some form will go on in the first 10 shows. You just can't, you, ne- you can never tell with a mischief show and you can never no. think, oh, second cover, I'm never going to go on for my second cover. It's just not true. One of my favourite moments when we were in Alexandra Palace over Christmas, which was kind of the toughest point, I think, in terms of covers mm. and understudies, was a moment when someone came to understudy for us who was already employed, who wasn't in the cast, but who was already employed as an understudy for bank robbery. Um, and then the bank robbery didn't know they were with us. So they had to cover their, you know, their, their asses, their end. And uh, they were actually on stage with us. That was that was um that was mischief, magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic. Yeah, okay. I allowed to mention all the names. I don't want to point off point fingers and stuff. No, no, point all the fingers. Okay, because so we came into warm up and we were like, "Where's Larry?" And, then, <laughs> in, in, and not his fault at all. Not his fault at all. But um, no. the inimitable Mr. Pierce uh, coming in, you know, with less notice than anyone had for any shows we did in Ali Pali, I think, <laughs> and pulling it out of the hat. So Dave, I think you rang him and he was like mid warm up on our stage, and you <laughs> yeah, were like, well, like, "You were like Larry, mate, wh- where are you?" And he was like, "Warming up," and you were like, "No, you're not." <laughs> And he was like, yeah, I'm warming, I'm, I'm warming up for Pan. And you were like, ah, okay. We just There's been to, a misunderstanding. Uh, a <laughs> yeah. It was a very, very weird show. And it was, I remember then we all just stood there just for like, so Larry's not here. And then everyone was like weirdly kind of calm about it because he, he does quite a lot in the show. And we were like, hmm, this is a first. Uh, okay. And then it was fine. But we had um, Larry. Larry is very, uh, very versatile, but potentially not as versatile as you, Tom, covering all the parts, Ooh. getting all the glory. Oh, Tom no. hates compliments. Tom hates the compliments. <laughs> I really enjoyed the pained silence there where he didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> the personal stress level is, is peaking again. Um, <laughs> Are we going to lose <laughs> you from the recording again? I, I, I'm not going to promise that I can Don't stay. spook him. Um, <laughs> um that's very i mean i have 
I, I've been very lucky again, like in all, all the mischief shows I've done, I've had the absolute pleasure of covering several parts and it's, it's great as much as kind of, you know, you're always a little bit on edge. I, I, I love that. It's great. You know, it's especially when you don't know kind of what part you're going to be playing next. There's something quite exciting about that. Um, uh, admittedly also a, a pretty terrifying, but, but it's, it's great to kind of have that, that possibility of doing something completely different the, the next night and knowing that everyone in the cast is going to help you in whatever way they can. And you've yeah. got all the support there. It's just, it's, um, there aren't many places where it all shows that you can do that. And I felt totally safe every time I did it. It was great. A pleasure. Yeah, it was odd to be playing work. opposite Babs though, when he was a different part every night, kind of slotting into a different part of the show. And you're like, wait, where are you now? Who are you today? Ah! <laughs> Like a sort of ninja kind of sneaking up on you in different yeah. costumes. Yeah, it's like which side of the stage are you coming on from? Which costume are you going to be in? What's the storyline? Yeah. What is the, um, what's the general vibe like in the cast on tour? Is it quite um, is it quite friendly? Is it quite supportive? Is it a little hostile? Like, is it quite stressful? How does it sort of feel being out on the road with a, a kind of mad show? On on the whole, I would say it's really friendly and warm. And when it gets, mm. I wouldn't say hostile. The hostility is normally coming from outside agents. You know, mm. things that I'm working like we know there were some very difficult get-ins for the crew. Mm. Stuff stuff which was really down to the wire. I know Cambridge. There was a real problem with the size of the dock doors and whether they were going to get it in at all. Oh, whether yeah. they had to cancel the first show. And one is aware coming into those texts. You know, these guys have already worked their asses off for like you know, hours and hours. And so those things can be really difficult. But I'd say it was pretty much always, you know, outside agencies, germs, injuries, fatigue, you know, that kind of thing, rather than anything within the cast. Would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think everyone yeah. feels that shared sense of, oh, this is hard. <laughs> like This is intense and quite tiring and quite mad and full on. So it's kind of like everyone, especially like very much in the girls' changing room, it felt like, it would be like someone's day to be having like a stressful time. And it'd be like, ah, cool. We're all like, who's buying her a chocolate bar? Who's, who's on the hugs? Who's on the words of support? Who's on the encouragement? Like, it was just like kind of rotating, like, yeah, the, the support. It was, yeah, it was a very yeah. positive vibe. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's the, that kind of, you know, the toughness and the and kind of the stress of it always what brought everyone together to, to support each other. Cause we all knew that, you know, at various venues and when various people were ill or, or injured you know everyone was going through a tough time dealing with it so it was in those points where we kind of all just pulled together and um had a world warm-up or had a cake or something um and just made <laughs> sure that everyone uh, <laughs> not every show um but you know we that just would be sure decadent else was... <laughs> <laughs> a daily cake every warm-up <laughs> daily cake one cake each, red velvet per person. Always. <laughs> Did you guys find um, that with, because uh, I often find it doing a mischief show, like you're, it's a constant battle to find uh, the timing of how much to eat and when to eat. It's truly my life stress, Dave. Like I think it's I'm quite like, stress. pardon? It's, it's fully stressful because you, you don't want to eat too little because if you get hungry halfway through a mischief show, game over. But then if you eat <laughs> too much, then you're just like really fat and slow and like rolling around and or like, oh, I mean, like, Ollie, you were just like being a dog and like running yeah. through doors and, and crazy stuff. If you just like had a load of pasta. That must have been a nightmare. So my my personal um, altering actually, because all shows, you know, well, a lot of shows use a lot of energy, is that about four hours before the show, about three o'clock, what I usually do is I don't eat much of a, a lunch or I have a massive late lunch. And if at three o'clock I eat as much as I want to eat, then that'll get me through with a you know, banana and some chocolate on the way. Do you know what I mean? So that, mm. that, oh, it's that wow. big kind of mid-afternoon, you, you can have you know pie and mash or whatever you fancy. And then, so you're just kind of, your stomach's not massively extended by the time you get to the show and then you're all right. That would be my method. That's you know, I remember, I remember you giving me that exact advice <laughs> in the treehouse before we went on. Oh, God. <laughs> what a terrible bore I can be. 
<laughs> I asked. I think I asked the exact same question. I was like, oh, I'm, oh I don't know how to get the energy up for this. And, uh, you know, I haven't had food today and I've, I'm not hungry before. And that's when that gem surfaced for me for the first time. So I'm glad that you <laughs> that it's come up again. And I can just say that it works. 100%. Good. Well, the minute any cast member would say to me, I haven't had any food today, I just want to <laughs> wrap them in blankets and give them a muesli you know, bowl of porridge or something. I just want to do that. I don't think that's something that I have ever said. I haven't had food today. I don't think that's ever come out of my mouth. I have about four meals before a show, but you have to like space them out exactly. And I actually get <laughs> Babbage, having lived with me a lot on tour, knows I get quite stressed about like the idea of not having enough food. So I always have like loads of emergency snacks as well. Yeah. Like generally, like we're talking granola bars, mm. little like rice cakes, fruit chocolate nuts or mm, chocolate's a risky one because you get all claggy so you can't really do that after warm-up I'd say that's a pre-warm-up only and then you've got to have something in the interval preferably if you even if I've got a gap in the show if it's big enough I'll run off and just whack some nuts in my gob <laughs> no 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 look you're talking about the claggy chocolate but nuts and granola bars are terrible those are like crumbly things that can get that, that's that's an awful choice an awful I know thing. it's no, I have I have to run off I'm going to run off and whack some nuts in my gob. <laughs> That's what you said. I don't well, remember seeing, is, seeing that. A family friendly podcast. <laughs> whack some nuts in my gob. In my yeah, gob. listen She's to that, guys. Advice from West End and touring actor Katie Daghorn. If you're hungry, don't worry, guys. Just whack some nuts in your gob. Game on. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Are we scared her into And so what was your... Um, has she gone silent, do you think? She's oh, gone. She lost her. She's that's gone. It. Who, me? I wonder if she can... Oh, she's no, she's, she's still there. there. I'm here. I'm just I'm just quietly sitting in a shame pool. <laughs> oh, I thought you were furious. <laughs> Raging. I'm furious. livid. I'm livid. <laughs> I thought you were thinking about more jingles. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I'm right. Um, we'll, we won't move on yet. I've got. I tell you, I got another question for you guys. What was your favourite venue on tour? Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I really remember Canterbury being wonderful when we did play. That goes wrong. I think that was because it was the first venue we did. We went from like playing to three hundred people to playing to twelve hundred. Yeah, and we so didn't. Do, I, we didn't do Canterbury. We didn't go um, Canterbury. Okay. Sadly, because it'd be local for me. Um, there were a few good ones. Um, mm. but, I mean, Cheltenham was lovely because we, we were there for like uh, three or four weeks, so we all settled in as a bit of home. Mm. Um, but the other one that was a real surprise because I'd never been there was um, Chester. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. Chester was Story, Story cute. House. Yeah, that was such Beautiful. a lovely place. Lovely building, lovely people. Yeah, that was that was a real treat. Real treat I inside loved- the theatre and out. Brighton was Brighton the one that was like right you they felt like the audience were like right like in our face like sat on our laps like in a really good way we were like they're they're Mm. right there and it was really tall and high quite like narrow depth wise but like then really tall oh yeah oh that's Katie really tall (laughs) that might be it that might be it from Katie am I gone again oh Oh, no you're back again uh, really tall you said really tall (laughs) Is that all you had to say about it? It was like, it's really tall. I just said, it's really tall. No, I think my, do you know what it is? It's when my phone locks, guys. Oh, technological faux pas. It's when my phone locks itself, then I think it cuts off all recording action. So I'm just going to keep that unlocked. I'm just going to keep tapping. Just know that for the rest of this podcast, I will be furiously tapping my screen so it doesn't lock. Why is it furious? I knew she was furious. I knew she was livid. I wasn't until you said I was, and now it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, so tell us, uh, give us some stories about um, some stuff. People always ask the question, like, has anything actually ever gone wrong? And have you had any uh, notable or memorable accidents or faux pas or people forgetting lines, props, anything like that in the show? I'm going to need Tom uh, Babbage no, to tell the story think, uh... about. <laughs> When he fell, fell off the stage. I saw that in a show before. <laughs> Tom, please walk us through that, please. Uh, okay. 
so I think it was early on in one of my Chris. It was like my second or third Chris show, maybe. So I was still kind of finding my footing. Oh, um, there's another one. And um, so, so it's the bit, a bit in the show when um, Katznick finds the Lost Boys in the hideout and the, the smoke pours onto the stage and there's too much smoke. And in some theatres, the smoke did hang around for quite a long time. <laughs> and this was one such theatre. And um, I found myself genuinely lost in the cloud of smoke. I could not see anything. Uh, no lights, no one else. Uh, it, it was a scary moment. So I thought, okay, right. Calm, calm down, Tom. Um, take a step back. And hopefully you'll step out back onto the revolve. And it will be fine. And you can see. So I took a step back and my foot uh, did not come into contact with the stage. Uh, instead, uh, it came into contact with a family in the front row. And I uh, landed on this poor woman. Oh, and I have never been so terrified in all my life. I, mean, I was very lucky that they were very good natured about it. And uh, we, we had a good laugh. Um, well, no, they did. I, I was absolutely <laughs> mortified. Um, and then Ethan, who played Trevor, ran on and like helped me back onto the stage. But for that, oh, that kind of suspension where I was just in free fall, thinking, oh, well, that's that's that. I think I'm gone. And there was no. <laughs> what a way to go. What a way to go. <laughs> Stepping into the void. Have a cloud of smoke. And that. I cannot think of something sort of more low status than a man falling off stage into a family and then just in your mind thinking, well, that's that. How did, you, how did you recover? Did you did you get up and sort of do some business, um, or did you just run back on stage? <laughs> I think I shouted at them as if it was their fault, um, <laughs> and then and Very then good. Ethan, who plays Trevor, kind of ran on, and I sort of kind of like, well, help me, and we did a kind of <laughs> a bit of where he was just pulling me back onto the stage. I mean, it was kind of it was it worked quite well because obviously it was just lower for you know. Chris Bean to have to pull himself up to to get to back onto his Captain Hook status. So for the character, it worked quite well. But for me, um, possibly one of the most stressful moments of my uh, <laughs> life. Life. I am going to go with life. Was everyone just, okay? just my prize. Um <laughs> There was very little left, so it was just squashing out the last bit of pride I had. But no, luckily, everyone was absolutely fine. Um, and I did check with the f- family afterwards through our, sta- our company stage manager, and they were all fine. So um, all in all, uh, success. I think, <laughs> I think they got a perfect treat, to be honest. We <laughs> yeah, were so confused God, watching backstage because the screen, we were all watching on the screen and one minute Babbage was there and then the next second <laughs> he was, he was gone. literally gone, <laughs> disappeared into a cloud of smoke. Well, what I remember we is were... wonderful that somehow the timing was so perfect. In between him rolling <laughs> off the stage and then appearing, that was when the smoke disappeared. So it was literally like the smoke parted and there was nothing there. <laughs> It's just like oh. an amazing, perfect trick. Well, yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> I, I wish it was. So, Ollie, how do you think um, Robert Grove would react to falling off the stage? <laughs> well, I, I'd, I'd land a lot more heavily than Tom would, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What are you, what are you doing there? What are you, what, why? What? Sick. <laughs> in my way. <laughs> Terrible, wouldn't it? It'd be terrible. I remember. I, I'm. I'm. I'm quite terrible at remembering these things because I'm sort of. I'm in there and I kind of deal with the problems. Then later on, someone reminds me that something went wrong and I can't remember. But I remember one time, which was the hardest. When um, this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Peter Pan, <clears throat> so you, know, you might want to you know, cover your ears. But in the speech at the beginning of Act Two. Um, where there is a big sort of a revelation. I was in the middle of that, and it's always you know it's a weird moment because you're there on your own in front of the curtain in front of everyone, 
and um, and you've got to be super serious because of the nature of that speech. Um, and uh, and then halfway through, someone who thought, who'd clearly seen the show before, or maybe hadn't, but they thought it'd be delightful to reveal the reveal, right? So in the middle of this speech, someone said, <laughs> "It was you." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I had to go on, go, go on with the speech. Yeah, I was only about halfway through revealing, thinking, what's this going to be like when I actually get to the end of the speech as it's written? And then you get to the end and everyone already knows. You know, so you get to the end and you just don't, it's just nothing. Because you're like, yeah, well, that guy told us a couple of minutes ago. And then, and then you quietly leave the stage. <laughs> no. Anyway, thanks. Just thanks for that. That's great. Um, we want her to um, give my um, my mum the note um, when she came to see play that goes wrong. She saw it so many times that she used to get so excited, particularly when Jono uh, playing tennis had his like um, mispronunciations of words. She would know that they were coming and, um, in a fit of excitement, shout them out. But like a split second before Jono delivered it. And absolutely decimate any comedic rhythm in the theatre. Oh, that's brilliant. John O came off stage genuinely stressed, just like Dave. You have to tell your mom to stop. That is a god. That's that's brilliant. You do a brilliant Jonathan. That is great. Angry Jonathan. It was so good. And then I texted my mom in the interval and was like, "Mom, can you please stop shouting out the punchlines?" And and also like. You know, you, you, the other people haven't seen the show. And then she called me and was like, I'm really sorry, darling. I just get a bit excited. I was like, well, just shush, all right? And just let <laughs> others enjoy the show. Can, can I say one other quick one before I know you're going to ask Katie as well? One of the quick things. Uh-huh. It, it's one of those things that you see in rehearsal that you think, why isn't this in the show, right? And I was watching an understudy rehearsal. I think it was in Cheltenham before we opened. And Saroosh, who was covering Robert, there's a bit where um, the dog's hat accidentally comes off. And he's, he's bareheaded. Um, but no one had told Saroosh, probably should have been me, that you had to undo the, the strap under the chin. <laughs> so whoever was pulling it off was just literally, you know, with all the force they could, yanking this hat off his head. Saroosh's head is going up and down. And I'm saying, oh, no, I never told him. <laughs> you, you, you watch it and you go, there you are, guys. That's the tension we're looking for. There it is. Right there. <laughs> Okay, Katie. Do you have a do you have a ludicrous moment from from Pan that happened to you, or that happened to somebody else? I mean, there's just so many to choose from. Which one? Oh, Lord above, which one? Um, Probably. (laughs) Oh, that show was so ridiculous. Probably the time when. I did my like, and this is actually a bit when I'm taking the acting, you know, Sandra's really taking the acting very seriously because it's like mm. the bit at the end when in the real life world of the, <laughs> the real life world, you know, Sandra realizes Max is her dream guy and he's lovely and she gives him a big old kiss right on the lips, a really genuinely loving one. And this was one of the first shows where we'd added in the tape that gets wrapped and wrapped. Because, you know, we thought this show needs some more chaos. So we wrapped tape (laughs) around the set. And this tape was very, very slippery. And so um, I hadn't normally, I don't know what happened to my brain that day, just a little bit tired. And I normally kick it out of the way because something in my brain went, you're going to slip on that. Today I didn't. So I went to do this like big dramatic mini run forward, like, you know, rom-com style towards Babbage to <laughs> give him a big smacker on the lips. And my back foot literally slipped like comedy slipped up into the air behind me so high like up to the height of my head and I landed on the floor in some kind of like imagine oh am I still here can you still hear me yes yeah yeah I'm not not gone my phone locked (laughs) damn you damn you technology um and I landed I landed on the floor in like a imagine if like a crocodile did a plank I was kind of like, well, it can't. It's got no legs. But you know what I mean? Imagine if I... <laughs> oh, they, well, they do. <laughs> I can't explain it. I wish... 
I'm actually doing it now with my body and you can't see. It's like a like a weird I just landed like on the floor, nearly chin to the floor, but somehow didn't and flew back up in about a millisecond so quickly in fact that Babbage's facial expression hadn't changed he still had the same facial expression as when I'd gone down so I thought I was going so professional and I thought I was going insane I was like did I just make up I just slipped nearly chinned the floor and then sprung back up like a mad meerkat and then and then just grabbed him so ferociously and probably I don't even know Babs but probably like smashed my nose into your nose it was the worst stage kiss of all time and uh yeah and then we just had to carry on the show and no one could look me in the eye because everyone was just like shaking and weeping with laughter and we still had another 10 minutes of the show to get through it was i mean it was awful i think everyone i can't tell if the audience thought it was real or not it was one of those where they like gasped but then kind of were like ha ha because they couldn't tell they'll abort they'll abort it it's amazing it's amazing what they buy oh it was it was mad it was very weird. I'm still on a sort of crocodile in a plank. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you just it's how they always forward. are, isn't it? They're, it's yeah, like a permanent state of being. Constant plank. Yeah, so you just <laughs> you sort of fell forward onto your hands. Yeah, like my leg. Up. My leg slipped back behind me and then I fell down. But like I wasn't just flat on the floor. I was weirdly holding myself up, kind of. I can't even explain. How do I explain? Yeah, like, a crocodile like in its really constant right. state. But I think so you've really we... discovered something there, Katie. Sorry, Dave. That, that I think, you know, if we're, if we're looking for the perfect abs, right, abs workout, we need to study crocodiles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got a good core. That's how they, that's how they operate. <laughs> I know. Someone needs to tell them, guys, that those guys need a rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going, to, I'm going to move us on to the next section. Okay, um, Please do. This, uh, this is question on the web. Uh, so I'm going to need another jingle, but um, I think we'll probably come back to you, Katie, for that. Um, so questions from the web. Uh, so this is, this is just, yeah, it's just questions from people on Twitter. So give us your jingle when you're ready. <clears throat> Q&A, it's a Q&A. Questions from the web. Q&A, Twitter heads, we got questions from the web. Boom. That was actually really good. <laughs> the conclusions I of them all have been solid. Like the bring. Yeah, I, I can't the start them, but I know how to finish them. <laughs> why, why was this one particularly more sort of like Cockney? Yeah, I know it was very um they're gonna taste great, wasn't it? It was very like kids. A little bit Lionel Bart. (laughs) I didn't really like the smooth kind of jazz vibe of the earlier one. It was it wasn't for me. It was too like and I wanted to go more in your face. Yeah, I did feel yeah. quite Get threatened people's... by that one actually. I, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that. I love that's that's Katie's equivalent of in your face. <laughs> that's very. That's yeah, I wanted it. to intimidate. That was my yeah, exactly. um, That was my objective. So I hope it works. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> I was intimidated. Perfect. Job done. Uh, okay, so our first question is from Bethany, uh, and she asks if you could play any other part in Pan, what would you go for? Chris, mm. it's got to be Chris. Chris, you'd play Chris Bean, aka Captain Hook, Mr. Darling. One hundred percent. Yeah, he gets all the interaction with the audience fun, and they're just being <laughs> completely ridiculed. The fun wig and costume. Yeah, it just looks like so much fun. I'm sure high stress levels as well, but it just looks <laughs> a lot of fun. I also think a female Chris would be really fun. That would yeah. be really good, yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah, that would yeah. be great. So let me give you a, a quick scenario. You're on stage. You're playing Captain Hook, Chris Bean. You take a step. You fall off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't what imagine it, Dave. <laughs> no, I don't think that would happen. Um, Ollie, who would you play? Um, I, I might be tempted to say Chris, but I also <laughs> think it would be great fun Um to play, I'm trying to remember all the character names now. Um, uh, Annie. 
because only has mm. has all has it's all all the changes and you know I mean it's busy it's busy busy although you know Robert's quite busy but um all those different characters and the quick changes are such fun and so hilarious and the audiences love them so yeah I'd, I'd go for Annie I think mm. and Tom you've played most of the parts <laughs> <laughs> so is there, is there anything left for you <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, well, and funny enough, I was going to say Annie as well. I think that <laughs> mainly because I want to try that Tinkerbell outfit. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I was spoiled with the mermaid costume already, but yeah, you know, I, those bells and those lights, who wouldn't? <laughs> Although, Tom, if I remember but, correctly, some of the choreography for Annie is, is a lot of jumping around pretty close to the front of the stage. <laughs> for you Tom it's not in your it skill set mate <laughs> uh, I'm constantly reliving this memory in my head every day and now I've been reminded of it several times <laughs> every oh, day, every day. Right. well that could be an exaggeration actually it, it can surely only be a matter of time before somewhere possibly like a college in California does a full gender reversed Peter Pan goes wrong mm. yeah. I really I, hope so I think it's what yeah, the world needs it does need it It'd be great. It would be very cool. It would be strange seeing a, a male Wendy. I would enjoy that a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I think it could work. <laughs> uh, okay, so let us, uh, let us, let us move on to uh, Haley asks. I mean, this is a slightly difficult question, actually. Um, what is the most unusual thing you have ever eaten? Not pan-related, um, but, oh. you know, uh, life-related. I think... I don't really know. I think I I had like uh, a piece of crocodile once. No, you didn't. Um, yeah, it was just like a like a like a like a steak, like a crocodile steak, and I felt quite weird about it. But then you know, it's because we don't really have crocodiles here. So what did it taste like? Um, well, I I managed to get some of its its abs, so there was pretty meaty <laughs> core. Uh, <laughs> it was good. Tender. Good. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Um, but yeah, that is a hard one. I suppose it's hard to remember the weird things that you've eaten because I don't know what is a weird thing to eat. Like, if, if you an answer. go on. Um, I, my answer is is uh, I was in this was in Crete. I ate this in Crete, and I ate a sea urchin, oh, um, oh, and that wow. was a flavour so intense that I still don't know if it was good or bad. It was just so intense. It mm. felt like someone had like scraped the harbour walls and put it in a creature. <laughs> so oh. I'd say, yeah, sea urchin would be my choice. That's such a vivid description. Yeah, what a great answer. Yeah, sea urchin. Is... Oh well, oh. it this isn't. I say it's quite unusual. It's it was my favourite snack as a, as a young young man. Um, and <laughs> I, I struggled to think of a descriptive word. Um, it's and, a southwestern um, phrase. They say, oh, young man. Come over. <laughs> uh, when I was a young man. When I was a young man. A young man. <laughs> what are you uh, now? Are you an old man or a middle-aged man? <laughs> middle jo- going from the state of my knees, I would go old man. <laughs> old man, okay. Yeah. Um, as, a, sorry, as a young man. <laughs> as a young man. Um, I... This was kind of like a guilty treat that I'd make myself when no one else was in the house. Um, was I get like one of those small like pitta pockets? There's like like pitta breads, the tiny ones, mm. um, and I just put a bit of cheese in it, like a couple of slices of cheese. Put it in the microwave. Heat it, heat it up, and see all the cheese is melted. Nice, and then okay. just cover it with ketchup. Oh, okay. that sounds great. That is, um, I mean, g- give it a give it a go at home. You know, no. it's oh oh oh. Fine. Sorry, I was to. with you. I was with you until the ketchup. I was so with you with right. the cheesy pitta pocket, but then the ketchup just absolutely threw me. And I well, like I'm ketchup, but because I was waiting for the subversion, because I was like, yeah, pitta pocket, that's fine. Cheese in it, fine. Warm it up, fine. And then I was like, you take it out of the microwave and you cover it in glass, and then you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get yeah, a cat. But hold on, hold on. I, why, why were you doing that when people left the house? 
Was that like sinister behaviour? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I felt so guilty about it, actually. Probably because I knew that it would get, I'd have the Katie reaction. That mm. that my my folks just be like oh oh oh. <laughs> uh, ketchup, is really div- ketchup is really divisive. People always bring up marmite, but pe- ketchup is a love or hate thing with a lot of it's people. True. I'm not a yeah. huge ketchup fan, personally. Oh, sorry. Wash your mouth out, Dave. But I, I'm, I'm glad you aired that, Tom. I hope you feel better for sharing. I yeah. do. Well, no, we'll see what the reaction is, but. The yeah, sins well, of your youth. Such a rebel I, I, as a young, such you. a rebel as a young man. <laughs> Katie, as a, as a young, as a young woman, it's quite hard to do that one. A young, a young woman, a young woman. Did you have any peculiar eating habits? Well, we already know you stuff your mouth with nuts. Is that maybe your? <laughs> That's probably yeah. That probably um covers it. I used to drink vinegar from an egg cup. I am obsessed still to this day with vinegar. What? Anything pickled. <laughs> anything oh my god addicted i'm addicted and i used to literally fill an egg cup with vinegar either malt or white white in fact i used to be really basic to be honest it was malt it was just plain malt vinegar and i used to just chug it back shot it like like tequila just shot it about eight years old i used to drink vinegar from an egg cup like, yeah. that is a mental sentence. Why? For a second, I thought you were saying you did too, and I was like, thank you, Dave. <laughs> it's not that weird, right? <laughs> no, I was, I was sort of uh, forming the words in my mouth to see what they felt like. And, like so you, you, you're in the kitchen, you see some malt vinegar, and you go, you know what? I'm going to have a bit of that. And uh, I'm not... <laughs> Someone fall over. Sorry, yeah. We've lost a man. <laughs> I just want to know the process at which you were like, you know, you probably had some vinegar on fish and chips or something, and you tried it, you liked it, and you were like, do you know what? I want more of that and only that, but I'm not going to drink it out the bottle because that's sad. <laughs> I'm going to pour it into an egg cup. Yeah, I'm not a barbarian, Dave. Jesus. <laughs> I did yeah. used to um, cut up. I started by cutting up like celery and cucumber, you know, like into the little like, you know, crudite vibe and then mm-hmm. dipping them in. But then obviously they don't really soak it up. So then you're left still with a juicy old egg cup. Of <laughs> but then at some point I thought, well, I'm just lying to myself. These things are just a vehicle for my deep, deep vinegar addiction. So then I just chucked those mm. crudites to the wayside, just started necking the stuff. Vinegar. Do you do you have like vinegar tastings, Katie? Like different vinegars that you could like Ooh. compare and contrast. I really should because I've recently gotten into the um the mother the mother one the mother the mother of earth. What is it called? It's like mother cider mother cider apple earth vinegar, and it's being touted as like a big like health fad thing that you should actually mm. that you mm. should drink it. David is apparently what they're saying in the old wellness industry. You know, Side which we know have always is, been. Yeah reliable um so yeah and they're specifically citing me they're saying david (laughs) you need to drink this it's good it's good for you and study crocodiles (laughs) i loved how the crudite thing as well was such a thin veil because like it it, it, it doesn't like who's who's going oh yeah crudite and vinegar like nobody's (laughs) you're not going oh i know what absorbed this vinegar this this glossy carrot like you, you want you want you want a bit of pitta or something like that. No, nothing. Because well, yes. anything you eat detracts from the vinegar, the pure burn of the. Vi- I've recently discovered the most vinegary crisps that maybe have ever existed, apart from the discos, the salt and vinegar discos from our youth, which you can rarely find in Australia. Recently, mm. I've looked. I've discovered that Co-op mm. have an own brand, and I know this from another podcast. Co-op have an own brand: Chardonnay, white wine vinegar, and sea salt like kind of halfway between a normal crisp and a kettle chip and they are so vinegary they literally burn the top layer of your taste buds off and it is heaven are they paying you are they pay- sponsoring you for, for this new from co-op <laughs> yeah get down get down uh, to your local co-op guys not a, a ground for you to advertise vinegary products i'm so sorry <laughs> I can only. Right, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna move us on from this. I think we've been on vinegar now for like seven minutes. And I'm gonna move us on. All right. So we're back to pad now. Julia asks, "Have the bunk beds ever failed to collapse?" 
No. Well, I, I don't think they did for us. Wow. I thought I that was going to be like an immediate yes. No, I don't think they failed the whole tour. No, they were no. they were solid then. I'm very impressed by that. Well, Julia, they have definitely failed to collapse when I did the show because <laughs> what um, happens? What's the like? What do you do if they don't? You just have a go, and then uh, <laughs> you just <laughs> you just lay lay in the bed for a bit and see what happens. But the problem Bounce was down a bit. Yeah, when we when we first did it, um, we built the bunk beds ourselves with this carpenter and came up with the, all of the the system ourselves. And it it was the it was the best one I've seen it because it looked the most dangerous because it was. Um, and then me and uh, Rob had to do maintenance on it every day. Um, but the problem was was that sometimes it would fall and sometimes it wouldn't. You know, because obviously, like I'm not a you know a, a, an engineer. You know, I just you know, bash this thing together. And um, the problem was that when the pins came out, uh, which was the system that we used, if if the bed didn't fall, you didn't know if it was going to fall or not. Um, and oh. so you were, you were in a kind of constant state of tension. Um, and then oh, we had to line the inside of it with a with like a bit of foam because we built it so tight that genuinely, if I had my head facing up, it would it would hit me on the head. That's oh. how. how like literally the width of my head turned to the side was how much room I had in, in the bed. And we used to call that little bit in the middle of the death box because, um, <laughs> because you get, if, you're, if you're in the middle and Tom, you all know this. It's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's really bad if you're on top, if you're Wendy, cause you get dropped twice. But if you're in the middle, you get dropped on and then you get dropped. And so you, you rattle around <laughs> In the death box, like a, I don't know. I imagine if you put like a penny in a can and shook it. That's kind of what it's like. <laughs> that's exactly how it felt. Yeah, jangling it's around. Very, very crazy. Yeah. And you're in there for like a good like twelve minutes or so. Like once the the thing is is down, and like if you hmm. start thinking, oh man, it's really small in here. Ooh. You're just like, oh no, oh no, oh, in my head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would stress complex. me out. That is claustrophobia city in there surely yeah it's not it's quite nice in a way as well because you can see out into the audience um mm. and a few times particularly when we were doing the show early on because we were so tired i used to just sort of nod off a little bit and just have um you know have the show sort of in the background until someone would come and you know bang on the bed and be like let's, let's keep going because you <laughs> we were doing when we first did it at the pleasance we were doing like we would finish bit, like painting and building bits at like two, three in the morning, and then we'd come back in at like eight to try and um, to try and like get it all done. Uh, and so, it's Pan has only ever been a show of complete chaos. Um, <laughs> that's how it started. It was a dream. So, but I'm glad the beds never failed for you guys. That's really good. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, we, uh, later on, we had it was more with the ship with us. There was a the thing with the ship tipping because it was getting Ooh. the mechanism getting very old. So we started cutting down the number of tips because we weren't sure if like the metal was going to shear off. Oh yeah, the oh, ship. Yeah. That tension that thing you were talking about. We definitely had. Then, then, then it got you know after a couple of weeks, it got mended and it was solid again. It was it was new again, you know. So there's definitely that tension of going, is this going to be okay on this tip? Because we know we're doing less, mm -hmm. but we're still doing some, you know. Uh, <laughs> the one where it just snaps in the middle or something. But uh, that didn't happen. But we knew it was uh, a possibility, like you say, it could have happened. Did you guys have to lift the ship onto its, like, rigging? Or did you have, like, a winch or a crane or something? What? Or did it just did it just go on? You went out for the interval, came back down, and it, the ship was just put on. Yeah, we yeah, were lucky. The ship was the, just the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, put on. Oh, man. You guys, in the West End, we had to lift it. In the West End, we had yeah, to lift it, but not on. Yeah, because that's what we had to do. Yeah, we had to we had to all in the interval. We got it so that we could do it with four people. Um, but yeah, you had to like run and literally just like lift the whole thing on and like load it onto. It was really really hard because the reset in the interval is so fast. Yeah. for all of the crazy act two bits did you not have a winch yeah. or you didn't have a machine to help you no we just had a, a couple of you know a couple of big strong lads <laughs> a couple of lads <laughs> get a couple of boys down there look for pirate ship get on a couple of lads you know I mean? <laughs> um all right we're, we're starting to run out of time so i'm gonna i'm gonna fire us into the final section oh. um, exciting uh, Katie, are you ready for this final jingle? <laughs> oh, God. I've used up all of my material, but I'll try. What, what, what's the vibe? 
your material is smooth jazz and cockney all right okay, so <laughs> i believe in you i believe you can find a third style um so this one is the quick fire round so what i'll do is i'll ask loads of questions really quickly and i'll tell you each each one of you who are like i'll be like katie here's your question ollie here's your question and you just answer as fast as you can so it's I just like it. a quick fun thing towards the end um but yeah can you give us a quick fire jingle yes i can um Okay. Whoa, this round is quick fire. <laughs> nice. Started very high and um, <laughs> slight lift from sex is on fire there. I felt Yes. That. Yeah. When you say slight, um, full 100% uh, copy. Yeah. <laughs> is that good? allowed? I enjoyed it. Um, Do you know well, what, Babbage? I think I think it probably isn't. So I think we should veto that. And I think now um, you should step forward and give us your own version of the jingle. Oh, I don't know if we have time for that. <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> I think we've got time. We've got time for a little. If you yeah. want to, yeah, let's all do one. Tom and Ollie can do a quick fire jingle. <laughs> Together. Together. Exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> you ready, Tom? You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Three. Two, one, one. Quick fire, it's the quick fire round. No, run away. <laughs> that actually went much better than I thought it would. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a complete train wreck, but that was that was a joy. Okay, right. Quick fire. Here we go. Right, Katie, the first one for you. What is your favourite colour? What's my what? What's my what? What's your favourite colour? Emerald green. Niche. Ollie, do you prefer texting or talking? Texting or talking? Yeah. Talking. Excellent. Tom, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Oh, um, all of them if possible, but probably some kind of bird. All of them... Possible. Noted. Uh, Katie, uh, if you were to describe yourself as a dessert, what dessert would you be? Oh, um, like a chocolate ganache, but with like maybe some kind of like biscuity bottom crumble layer. No nuts. No nuts. No nuts. Straight ganache. Um, Ollie, is a Jaffa cake cake or a biscuit? Cake. Very good. Tom, describe yourself in three words. Oh, um, uh, mess, um, where, <laughs> and um, uh, octopus. Very oh, good. that, that well, should I'm have been the answer answer the last question. Damn. I'm afraid someone can actually accept your first answer. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> Do you know what? That's probably more accurate than any of the other ones. So I'm pleased with that. <laughs> Uh, Katie, if you were one of the 52 playing cards, which would you be? Uh, the four of clubs. Four of clubs. Okay, Ollie, what is in your pocket right now? Uh, my keys and a tissue. Very good. And Tom, finally, what is... Actually, no, this is not quite the final one, but Tom, what is your favourite film? The, the, uh, um... Why do I want to say Little Miss Sunshine? That's one of them. Perfect. There you yeah. go. Very good. And um, if uh, this is for all for three of you, actually. So uh, if you um, could, if you were trapped on a desert island, who in the Peter Pan cast would you want to be trapped on a desert island with? Nancy Zammett Neils. You'd be going for Nancy. Yeah. Oh, she's a, she's a really, size. just so you what, because if you felt uncomfortable, Nancy is a really good hugger. That is true. She is very good at hugs. That is very, very true. So if you are sad and lonely and possibly dying on a desert island, yeah. you're get a lovely hug. <laughs> Kate, what about you? Oh, that's really hard. Um, oh. Is it really lame of me to say Tom Babbage? No, I know he's in. Not. I know he's in this call, but he's also my friend. Um, no, he, um, he, we, uh, we just have a very silly, very fun time all the time, even in the face of adversity. So I feel like 
uh, we just have a jolly old time and we have a lot of similar food interests. Tom Babbage, no pressure to say me, but obviously I'll be devastated for the rest of the time. <laughs> I would pay such good money just to see the two of you do a show. I just want to see you chat. I paid for it. I'd like a show. Brilliant. We'll, we'll stream it from the island. Um, <laughs> Because I suppose I well, what am I? What do I, what can I say now? Oh, say well. someone else. It's more interesting. <laughs> say someone else. Come on. Passive aggressive. Uh, for the sake of our friendship uh, and keeping it, um, I, I think I've, um, Katie Tackhorn. A shock twist to end the um, oh. And it's the end of the quick fire round, guys. Um, and oh. before we go, just to wrap up, um, do you guys have any TV recommendations for people or podcasts to listen to, books to read, anything like that? Now is the time. Katie, obviously, you can take this time to advertise more vinegar if you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you something I'm really enjoying at the moment. If, if people, me and my 10-year-old son, uh, really enjoying the um, bad lip-reading Star Wars series yes. on yes. YouTube. There are some fantastic, just like taking the movements, Yoda and Luke doing some great stuff. They are they are really funny. So that, that'd be mine. Very good. Katie? Uh, I would recommend, if anyone hasn't seen it, Shit's Creek is absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. It was actually mm-hmm. Nancy's Amit Niels who got me into that and it's a masterclass in acting. It's just so good. And yeah. Succession on Amazon Prime, you have to pay for it, which is bummer, it's but it's so good. The writing and the acting is unreal. I'm totally obsessed with it. And then books, I read uh, Such a Fun Age recently by, ooh, what's her name? I want to say something like Kylie Reed, maybe Kaylee Steed. <laughs> Just Google such a fun age and you'll get it. That's my that's my recommendations. Smashed it. And uh and Tom. <laughs> um uh I'm gonna go for a, a series in a book. Um so series I'm gonna go Lovecraft Country. Um is great at, for horror fans. Um I'm not gonna say too much about it because I think it's something you just have to dive into and experience it. But if you like kind of Lovecraftian horror is it's it's incredible, um, and then book wise, um, actually, another member of our cast, Phoebe Alaban, put me onto this. Um, A little life um, by Hanya Yanagihara is just one of the most epic um, character driven novels I've ever read, um, and is just such a pleasure to engage with the characters in that. So I definitely recommend that um, as a yes, a book. Very good. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Oh. Guys, this has been absolutely wonderful. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how it would, how it would work. And it's, it's really, it's been a fun hour, I think. And, um, <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, I'm, really, I'm really pleased that we've made this happen. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I've been Dave Hearn. I've been talking to Tom Babbage, Katie Daghorn and Ollie Senton. Uh, keep an eye out for our next episode. I say this every time, you know, you're probably listening to him anyway, or you're not, but you know, tell your mates, just have a listen. Good laugh. Um, and guys, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks thank for having us today. Okay, I'm just about to stop the recording. Do you, do you have a last vinegar plug? Co op, co op Chardonnay, white wine, and sea salt vinegar crisps. You won't regret it. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.